go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. there be snow for Christmas? I think they lied. Uh, the great uh, and late Greg Lake of Emerson Lake and Palmer. ELP, why put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, they didn't make a difference, right? Uh, percussion rock, synthesizer rock, bringing organ into their rock. Uh, hey, I mean, Janet Jackson's in. Screw you, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I I think that that is one of the incredibly underrated Christmas songs. They said there'll be snow for... Oh, Greg. Oh. I mean, come on. Reminds me of, like, being, like, seven or eight in the back of the station wagon. Just barely out of reach of my dad. We had the best Christmas. backhander in every single one of those New England states. And now I don't consider Connecticut as part of a New England state. Connecticut to me is useless space between Boston and New York. Play it, folks. Kids, play it. Play it for your girlfriend. I'm telling you. This is half a present right here. Eyes full of tinsel and fire. Let me dive into some eggnog tonight. We kind of did last night the Christmas party. Uh, some of us carried over across the street in downtown San Marco. And I'm not sure what it was that I was drinking, but it was kind of creamy. It was kind of minty. <laughs> it had an eggnog feel to it. It was one of those deals where it came in one of those little coffee cups. Kind of like the Italian mob. You know, they sip on those espressos, whatever. And it was about a two-ounce blast. And I think it had 2,000 calories in it. So, yeah, it was good. But it was fun. Christmas That's the party problem with night. eggnog, man. It'll yeah. keep you on the toilet for yeah, a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I played. We had, a, we had a day off. You know, we had a day off. And I don't like to take time off. During football season, because there's always so much to get into, but I was like, you know what? Do it the right way, Baloo. If you're going to take a day off, do it the correct way. So I had the GF drop me off, went out and played some golf at Cimarron, which is just completely um, on the bounce back. It's got such a bad reputation. You say Cimarron and people are like, Ugh! you know, puke. What a dog. No. Uh the utmost respect, ownership change, money has been poured into this golf course. And I know the 210 Mafia has a lot to say with that, but we'll keep that underground, at least during uh, this show. The greens, much improved. Tee boxes, much improved. And uh, as well, the fairway. So I had a lovely time out there. It was probably 58 degrees, windy. Blowing everywhere, so I'm like, hey, I got a Christmas party to go to. 
I'm out driving. I got dropped off. I just happened to have in the golf bag a sizable bottle, a sizable bottle of Bailey's Irish cream. So some Irish coffee on a Wednesday, and then that was followed up by a lot of Miller Lights at the party last night. Yeah, uh, I got to tell you, when that alarm clock went off at 11.40 today, because I had to do an interview on the Chuck Oliver show at noon, I was still feeling it at 11.40. How's your life? Do you get up at 11.40? Ask yourself that question, okay? If not, find a way to fix it. Do what you love under your own schedule. That's mine. I'm going to be up till 3 in the morning doing whatever it is, and I'm going to sleep till 11.40. Went over to Schnatry Chiropractic, worked on the neck today. I feel like a million bucks. I'm ready to get back out and play some golf. I just need this weather uh, to get better. Anyway, it's great to have you with us. We missed you last night, but we did have fun at the Christmas party. Uh, I met JJ's wife last night. But, man, I met a lot of people last night. There were a lot of secrets that were kind of unfolded during this Christmas party. Absolutely. Okay? I mean, there I, was people being introduced as husbands and wives that I was like, whoa. Husbands and wives. Didn't expect and, that. And, uh, and, you know, between the information that I gathered and the GF gathered, I mean, I came away with like about a half dozen totally new stories <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. But, hey, we had fun. And, you know, I was hoping that someone was going to really get overserved yeah. and, and make a fool out of himself because t- let me tell you something right now straight up I would write you out I would come back on here and let everyone know but that was not the case everyone was well behaved we had drink tickets we drank our allotment we ate like champions and it was good to uh to break bread with uh, the colleagues here at 1010XL and 92.5 FM it was a fun night out there so uh to all um it was certainly enjoyable, but here we are. We're ready to crank things up. And, you know, I spent this Thursday after going to uh, Shinatri Chiropractic uh, into the Jaguars locker room. And they, they've been really this year, it's, it's been so interesting about how to measure their mood, to, to, to measure day in, day out, what they're going through. And I've been in that building, not the new Miller Electric uh, facility, but, you know, across the way in the mid-90s when they had huge success, right? Two AFC championship games. I was there a couple of years ago when they made it uh, to the AFC championship game. Certainly last year when they went on that phenomenal second half winning streak, including a come-from-behind 28-27 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. Remember that game? They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, think about that. That's a question I asked to Anton Harrison, even though he wasn't here a year ago. Just the whole emphasis on the fourth quarter. We'll play that interview uh, for you coming up in a little bit. But, you know, I've seen the real bad as well. And the real bad, you know, guys will dive into the training room or the equipment room or kind of avoid the media – They've been so consistent this year. After they lost two straight, you know, Kansas City and Houston. After they went on that win streak, okay, which included being out on the road, winning in a couple in London, coming back here, going out, winning in some tough places like Pittsburgh and winning in New Orleans. And it's hard to really tell whether they're winning or losing 
I think it's a tremendous sign of professionalism. I don't think there's enough credit that goes along with that because a lot of these players will show their emotions on their sleeves. We're seeing it league-wide. I mean, there's been a lot of players popping off at members of the media. It happens every year. It's more magnified now, obviously, with social media. But the point is, is that if you didn't know, if you just got dropped in there and you walked in and saw them today, you wouldn't think they lost two straight to backup quarterbacks. You wouldn't think that they're getting ready to take on a Baltimore Ravens team right now that is the number one seed in the AFC and is a team that is actually a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite for this game coming up on Sunday night. That's a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. Jacksonville plays better against teams with a winning record. They're 5-2 and against teams at the time that they faced them with a winning record. They're 3-3. and when they're taking on a team that is 500 or below. So maybe that's part of the equation. But I, I, I do think that that is uh, pretty interesting that uh, they've been able to handle things that way because it, it feels like there's been criticism as of late about a lot of different things, not just simply production or the lack thereof. And they've put up points the last couple of weeks offensively. Right, But they've also turned the ball over. They've given their opponent very good field position. And uh, the flip side of that is this defense that for regular season games, 17 last year, the first 11 this year, have been so consistent in allowing 20 and a half points in all of those 28 games. All of a sudden, they've given up much more than that the last couple of weeks. So that's a big part of it. But we're starting to hear this other stuff, you know. Calvin Wrigley not running the right routes. Zay Jones not running the right routes. Press Taylor was very outspoken uh, about that today. We'll see if we'll play that a little bit later on. As a matter of fact, maybe we should do that right now, JJ. Well, let's get to uh, to Taylor on, uh, you know what, not necessarily running the wrong routes because it's, it's a very short clip. It's only 10 seconds. But why don't we get to number seven on Trevor and the interceptions, because that certainly does document interception number two, where the belief was that Calvin Ridley was running the wrong route. He didn't turn his head around to look for the ball. Let's go to offensive coordinator Press Taylor. He was asked about that earlier today. We had three interceptions the other day in the game. Um, I think two of uh, one of them. Uh, we didn't expect the ball at the time the ball came out, so our head wasn't around. We ended up missed opportunity. Unfortunately, that turned into an interception. If the ball hits the ground, it's first down. Second down, we'll keep playing the down or keep playing the series out. We had another one. We got a zero blitz. The ball's got to come out. You know, they're, they're bringing more pressure than we have protectors. Quarterback threw a go ball. Um, I think the receiver thought the ball was going to get thrown earlier because of where the coverage was. But again, understanding the entire situation, what the quarterback's dealing with, the ball comes out early, turned into an interception as well. And then we had another one. We took a post route a little flatter across the field uh, where we were expecting maybe a little deeper angle on that. So nobody ran the wrong route in those instances. We just, in terms of the details of it and where we thought the ball was going to go or where we thought the ball was going to be thrown at a certain time, just barely off. And unfortunately, all those plays turned into interceptions, which is not always the case, but unfortunate. All right, so we have an explanation on all three. I don't know if that makes you feel any better. It sounds like to me, and I felt this way when I heard it live, that uh, Trevor's just as responsible as these wide receivers. And you know, there's been a lot of nonsense lately. Are they able to really uh, 
run block and pass block the way that Phil Rauscher wants to. There's zero success on the interior offensive line. None with the guard play and the center play. I mean, none. That is literally a brick wall, okay? I mean, you can bring back Earl Campbell for crying out loud. You can bring back the Ironhead, Craig Ironhead Haywood, and and ask him to pick up a yard. You can bring back Pete Johnson, Larry Zonka. It doesn't matter. You, You can't run. You can't run between the guards. You just can't. They're soft and friendly. You're not even going to get a yard between the guards. So you can't do that. Then all of a sudden there's like miscommunication, the running of the wrong routes. Even though we got the explanation there from Press Taylor, go back to Parker Washington a few weeks ago, motion offense on the flip side, the youth in the secondary not knowing Gregory Jr., you know, Antonio Johnson, whatever the case may be. And it, um, it, it fires you up because you have to know your responsibility. The only way you can get away with freelancing, the only way you can get away with kind of doing things on your own is if you are a freaking star and you are a stud. Not a fifth-round rookie. Not a sixth-round second-year player. Damn it, know your responsibility. It's your full-time job. And if you and I don't do our job the way we're supposed to, we're sent packing. We're sent down the road. And, and I don't want excuses in week 14. If you want to make an excuse in week two or week three, fine. If you want to make an excuse on Saturday during the college game because it's not their full-time job, fine. But I have a problem with it now. Are they sleeping during meetings? Are they not paying attention? Um, it's, so it's, it's one thing after another. It, it feels like all of a sudden, yeah, coaching, it, coaching has been, I don't want to say put on blast, but all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, what are they doing? You know, this isn't an 85-man roster with 15 walk-ons. Okay, Uh, you got 40-some-odd guys who play. How can you not understand your responsibility, offensively and defensively? I have a big issue with that. You cannot make mistakes against the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore comes in. The Jaguars have had a lot of success against the Ravens. Eight and three lifetime right here in Duval. We can go back to that old rivalry. Uh, in the division when it came into its existence in 95. I remember going to a game at the old Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. That was a Rob Johnson start. (laughs) Rob Johnson went like 25 for 27. It ended up being the game that produced the trade to Buffalo, which led to Fred Taylor. Okay, so, and that was at the old Memorial Stadium with a, the old, you know, back where uh, Earl Weaver had his garden with Jim Palmer and Mike Cuellar and, and Pat Dobson and Boog Powell and Paul Blair and Brooks Robinson. And, and of course, you had, um, you had the great Johnny Unitas throwing the John Mackey with Art Donovan drinking booze on the offensive line and, and, and Raymond Berry running those sharp, crisp, discipline routes. I'll never forget that because when we, and and actually Dan Hicken and I were talking about it last night at the Christmas party. 
we were both on Tom Coughlin's charter, and we stayed in a hotel room. This was either 97 or 98. Uh, I'm guessing it would have been 97, right? Because Fred Taylor played for the Gators in 97. Jackson would have drafted him in 1998. But anyway, Hicken and I were with some others. There were a couple of players, Tom McManus, Ben Coleman. And um, we walked over. The, the hotel room was right by Candom Yards. And that was like the infancy of interleague play. And at that time, Candom Yards was really, really new. And by the time we got there, it was like the sixth inning or whatever. So we just walked right in and were there in the right field, uh, you know, stands, the right field section. And it was uh, the New York Mets, Hickens a Mets fan against the Orioles. But it was my first time ever ever seeing uh, Candom Yards. And, you know, the next day, the Jags played the Ravens. And I'll, I'll never forget that Art Modell walked in with all this security. And I'm like, why does he need security here in Baltimore? He brought the franchise here. If he was back in Cleveland, I could see where, yeah, he absolutely needs it. But in Baltimore, he was like their favorite son. So, week anyway. one. It was week one. 1997, Jags won 28-27. Do you have the numbers on Rob Johnson? Uh, he did have a, let me see, Rob Johnson went 20 of 24, 294 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. That brought you Fred Taylor. Brunel was down. I don't remember what it was with Brunel. I don't know if it was an ankle or whatever. But that performance brought Jacksonville, arguably, the greatest player in franchise history in Fred Taylor. And it was that performance there out in Baltimore. So this is an interesting rivalry. Jacksonville leads at 13-10. They are an underdog on Sunday night. Three and a half points. Your total is 42 and a half. And the bottom line here, Baltimore is loaded offensively. They are a dual threat. They're fourth in the NFL. They give you 28 points a game. 27.8 is the, the actual number. And they're the number one rushing team in the NFL, if you cannot stop the run. And Jacksonville's been good about that this year. What? They remain, what, fourth in pro football? And when it comes to defending the run, let's see here. They allow 92.2. So they're fourth in the NFL. Something's got to give here. The number one rushing offense in pro football against the number four rushing defense in pro football. Something else to consider, and you don't hear this all that much when you talk about the Ravens, because I, I think when when I think of Baltimore and I think of Pittsburgh, and I think of Cleveland, and I and then with a healthy Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, I, I I tend to get away from that a little bit. But with those three teams, to me, it's always been run and stop the run. Steelers run and stop the run. Browns and, and Ravens as well run and stop the run. The Ravens defense is actually best in the NFL when it comes to allowing only 4.8 yards per pass attempt. Now, that number's been up significantly, especially going back three weeks ago and two weeks ago for Trevor Lawrence. He had it up over nine, career highs. But that's going to be another way to really examine this matchup and to to see what does take place. Coming up on Sunday. All right, when we get back, let's uh, let's roll into it a little bit. Unfortunately for the Jaguars, 13 players on the injured reserve on this Thursday. 
Uh, the good news is all 13 of them practiced, okay? Many on a limited basis, but you didn't have any DMPs today. And, and one of them is still on the IR, and Jamal Agnew actually saw him in the locker room. It's good to get an opportunity just to uh, spend a quick word uh, with Jamal, who I, I just haven't seen in there as of late. Uh, Baltimore, believe it or not, is a pretty healthy football team. The major concern that they have is Kyle Hamilton, and if he can't go with his knee, that is a huge advantage for Jackson. You never want to see any of these guys not play, but if he's unable to, it, that's really going to help out Trevor in this offense. Things are looking better for Tyson Campbell. Things are looking better for Andre Sisco. Things are looking better for Walker Little. You're going to get all three back Sunday? I don't know. My guess is one. I, my guess would be Little, yeah. My guess would be next with Cisco, and then I would put Campbell at three only because they tried to bring Campbell back once and he re-injured himself. We'll see, but I, it's they're healthier now than they were a week ago where they were really beaten up. Some of these guys are, are starting to find their way back into it, so that's definitely a good thing for the Jaguars. When we do return, we'll take a look at that. I also want to Play an interview I did a little bit earlier today with Anton Harrison in the Jaguars locker room, the starting right tackle uh, here in Duval. All right, opening comments today and tonight are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right, holidays are here, right? Hanukkah, uh, you folks having a great time, right? I think that's almost towards the end. It may be uh, Christmas. I know when that is. That's coming up on the... 25th, and, you know, it's a time of stress, right? Trying to find the right gifts to give and and all that, and you're running around, and, and you don't know what's going on. How about your eyes? How about a an eye appointment at Schmunez Vision? Someone in your family, maybe the kids, uh, maybe your grandparents. You're like, man, I just need something else to give them. Their eyes. Chances are they're not what they once were. And particularly now, as you get later in the day, you notice fatigue rears its ugly head. Your eyes are not as strong as when you got up this morning. So there's so many different things that they can do at Schmunez Vision. I, I want you to go to their website, SchmunezVision.com. Everything is explained for you, okay? It's just incredible. Whether it's an eye examination for contacts or glasses or far more significant, far more serious, like cataract, maybe cataract surgery, laser eye surgery, being able to have 20-20 for the rest of your life. It's all part of what they do. So just go to SchmunezVision.com. Big fans. They did surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago, did Dr. Neil Schmunez, and I've never had an issue since. I'd like you to have that same type of care. Go to SchmunezVision.com. All right, let me come back. We got a lot to unfold. We really do. A lot of Jaguars today. Got some comments I need to make later in the program about tonight's combination of Al Michaels and Dr. Herbie. Okay, that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. As always, you can catch us. The best bet is on the text line. That is 641-1010, and that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Just remember, this time of year, it's better to give than receive. 
looking for a quick gift? How about the Blue Crab Crab House? Get a $50 gift certificate, which is good for uh, 65 bucks. This is Kinks, right? No, this is McCartney. It is. My bad. My bad. To me, this is... Christmas. The Kinks is all the presents for the girls and boys. That's it. All the presents for the girls and boys. That's the Kinks. All right, McCartney. All right. Bassist. Uh, 260 Crab, for all that information. I mean, there's still a little bit of time left, I would imagine, for a holiday party. But um, pick up a nice $50 gift card, and it's worth 65 Right off of San Jose. There on uh, Jillington Creek Road. I had a chance to go out there on, uh, I think it was Saturday. And it was a tremendous time. All right, let's get to, uh, you're getting a lot of stuff in 2806. Bullet Blunt uh, decommit today. There's a lot of rumors out there. Remember, he was an early pledge to Miami. Then he reclassified, I want to say, as a 24 entry, not a 25. Florida State got the verbal, but. You know, at this point, who knows what's going on behind the scenes for all of these players, all of these different schools. Been a lot of rumors, but I haven't seen anything that has been finalized with that. Florida State themselves trying to flip a couple of five stars. Uh, The McCray kid at Florida and that very talented wide receiver out of this state who's given the verbal to Ohio State. Let's go to school at Ohio State. Look outside. This is the way it is in Ohio, like 12 months a year. Crying out loud. Hey, I, I don't know. If I had my choice, I mean, I did. I was 18. I said, screw you, Boston. Take that weather. Take those politics. No, I didn't say that. Take that weather. I'm coming here. <laughs> I would never say that. All right, injuries coming up here in just a minute. I think it's a better day. Uh, for the Jags. And, you know, as I said, the the best way to look at this, as far as I'm concerned, is is you're, you're getting players now that are getting healthier. And, you know, at least, let me find it right here. Look at these three Jaguar players. The biggest surprise for me is Tyson Campbell, who's had a variety of injuries. The latest, the quad, didn't practice yesterday, was limited today. That's a good sign. Uh, Andre Sisco, the groin, did not practice yesterday. He was limited today. Finally, uh, Walker Little limited both days. So I, I, I do think there's a real good chance that we see one to two of those three play this week, and I would be surprised if all three go. Uh, the one that would get me is Tyson Campbell. But again, I, I, I could be absolutely wrong, and that could be the case. Uh, they could play. Both quarterbacks are on there. Both did practice in full. Good news for Trevor Lawrence and the ankle. His backup, C.J. Beathard, with the left shoulder. Okay, skill position, guys. Running back first, you got two of them on here. ETM with the ribs, limited both days. That guy's been playing hurt. The chest, the ribs, what exactly is going on there? Uh, Some people on him for his yardage per, and I think that that is unfair. As I said last, you know, I said 20 minutes or so ago, they just, they cannot run. 
with their interior. I saw something today. It was quite a breakdown. See if I can go back and find it. I don't remember who penned it. It might have been Shipley with uh, the Jaguar report, John Shipley, about the difference average per of Travis Etienne running between the guards and Travis Etienne running outside. You look at the numbers, and it's like, don't ever, ever run inside again. Okay? I mean, just don't do it. (laughs) Okay? I mean, just eliminate it from your game plan. Jacksonville cannot run the football between their two guards. They they can't move anyone off the ball. Uh, Dearness Johnson, the knee, limited both days. Wide receivers, here we go. Zay Jones, the knee, limited both days. Again, Jamal Agnew, part of that 21-day return with his shoulder, limited on both days. As of right now, he is yet to be activated. If they bring him back or when they bring him back, they would have to make another transaction as well. Ezra Cleveland, the other offensive lineman who went down, limited with the knee. So there you go offensively. Defensively, we talked about uh, the two guys in the secondary in uh, Cisco and Campbell. Well, Trey Herndon, the concussion protocol, he's been limited the last couple of days. I, I saw him briefly today. He, he, he put a hood on and kind of went out one of the side doors. I, I was not in the locker room yesterday. I don't know if he spoke with the media on Wednesday. He really didn't speak with anyone today, and, and that's fine. But, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to sit here and say I think that could be the return of a fourth Jaguar on Sunday. You know, I think in order, I would go once again Walker Little, Trey Herndon, Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell, as far as if I was putting percentages on the four who returned for Baltimore. Best to worst, I would go Little, Herndon, Sisco, Campbell. That's mine. Okay. Someone from the Jaguars could be driving home right now listening and laughing. You know, saying, Baloo, Baloo, yeah, no idea what he's thought. But we'll see. You know, we'll, hopefully these guys can go. I think that's it. Uh, Brenton Strange has missed the last couple of weeks with his foot. He was limited again today along with yesterday. So that is a long list, folks. That's 13 players on the injury report. However, they all practiced today, at least on a limited basis. So that is encouraging. Real quick here because I want to get to Anton Harrison. Baltimore for you, the one that I, I, I think – most Jag fans are are concerned about is Kyle Hamilton, the very talented safety. Uh, he's got a knee. He said yesterday it's going to be a game-time decision. He's been limited both days. Also, a couple of other linebackers, uh, Malik Ham worked in full both days with the ankle. Um, Raquan Smith, uh, the back limited yesterday uh, for Rokan Smith and full today. And Malik Harrison with the groin has been full for both these practices. So Baltimore is really healthy. I know they've put a couple of guys on the IR, you know, the very talented uh, tight end. uh, uh, Mark Andrews has been on the IR. Every team has put players on the IR, but they are healthier than a lot of teams right now in the NFL. All right, let's get to Anton Harrison. Spent a couple of minutes with him. 
uh, today, just trying to gauge uh, the atmosphere of this football team on a Thursday, their their last real good work day. Um, obviously, tomorrow things will simmer down a little bit before the game coming up on Sunday. Had a chance to get with the first round draft pick, starting right tackle Anton Harrison. Here with Anton Harrison, um, another huge opportunity coming up for you guys on on Sunday night. What, what's different this time compared to a couple weeks ago on on Monday night? I, I realize you played a lot of huge games uh, in college, but what's different with this second opportunity? Uh, I see. Really, is nothing different. Uh, we got to come in with the same mindset, a better mindset, winning one, uh, knowing what we got to do, uh, our job at the highest level to come out victorious at home. You're taking on one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, every possession yeah. is going to be incredibly important. Uh, yeah, we watch them. Uh, we know they're pretty good. The stats say it. Uh, the film say it. So we got to just trust in the game plan, uh, knowing our jobs. Everybody got to do their job. We're not trying to do too much. And I think we'll be good. How important is it to be able to run the football early in this game? That's real important. Um, makes us, they can't really, they won't keep them on their feet, uh, run the ball, open stuff up the pass game, things like that. So uh, it's definitely big. And then we, us as old linemen, that's what we want to do. We want to run block. So we, we take it personal uh, when we have good running games. You weren't here last year, but they put up 18 points, Jacksonville did, in that fourth quarter to win it. A 28-27 game. Even last week, mm. L.A. put up nine points against Baltimore in the fourth quarter. Has that been a point of emphasis this week? Uh, not really. I say it's more of a every week. We do, we, every week we talk about a four-quarter game. Yeah. Even if we have to go overtime, an extra quarter, we got to play the full game. So it's never over. As you saying, I wasn't here last year, but just watching the games last year and some this year, it's never over. So you just got to keep playing, keep balling. And we're going to see what happens at the end. Last one for you. It seems like this team never gets too high when you're on a win streak, never gets too low when you let a couple get away from you. With that said, what's the mood been like this week? Uh, just coming in since we've been back, just trying to attack everything. Uh, we know what we got to fix. We know we got to improve on. Just improving on little things, uh, coming together as a team, because that's, that's real big. And going out there Saturday, it's all 11, all 22, and doing our job and winning games. Best of luck on Sunday. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Anton Harrison. Caught up with him a couple of hours ago. And, you know, I think that that is something that is encouraging for the football team as well as the fans. It brings back last year, okay? All of those come from behind victories, including the 18 unanswered here. You remember being down 27 nothing. Uh, to Los, An- uh, Los Angeles in the playoffs. We, we haven't seen a lot of that this year. It's been a different season. If you look at the eight wins, Jacksonville has had leads. Jacksonville has had halftime leads, and, and they've been able to extend that. Uh, this is a team that is very good offensively and defensively. However, if you're within a possession, if you hang around, they are a club that you can score on late in the game. So I, I think that that's a big part of this that, again, is encouraging, in my opinion, as you get ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the, the problem is running the ball and stopping the run. Okay, Jacksonville, with half that equation, you feel good about. Again, they're fourth against the run in the NFL. We understand Lamar Jackson is the most active running quarterback. 
in the NFL. They also have a couple of backs that they they really like, including Gus Edwards. They can run the football. Can Jacksonville prevent them from running? Tomorrow night, Dave Campo is going to join me at uh, at six twenty-five, and I'm going to talk to him specifically about how Jacksonville changed their defense last year against Baltimore. Remember the three safety look, some three linebacker looks. They they basically said, you know, they got the Flowers rookie out of BC. You got OBJ. You never really know on any given week what, what he's going to give you he, just because he's a head case and a diva. But it feels like if they beat you with the pass, maybe you tip your cap. You've got to prevent them from doing what they do best, and that is being stout against the run. So I'm really going to scheme this tomorrow night with Dave Campo. I haven't talked to him about that part of it yet. We'll we'll do the interview live tomorrow night. It's a Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. Yeah, we we like doing ours live. Hey, I love taping Anton Aaron, but I like doing them live too. So we'll do that, and 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 we'll kind of try to break things down a little bit of a chess match, you know, defensively against Baltimore and stopping the run. But what about the flip side? What about the flip side? Unless this is going to be a 17-14 game, can Jacksonville run? My gosh. That is that is a sorry, sorry scenario right now. They're under 100 yards, 99.7 a game. They're 24th in the NFL. How can you be in first place? How can you be a number four seed when you're 24th in rushing? That doesn't add up. And, and that, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to fix that. They, they have got to become a better rushing football team. And you only have four weeks to try to solve that. Thank you to Patriot Roofing Services. They help bring you the program right here on this Thursday night. All right. Currently, your home or your business, if you have roofing issues, whether you need a brand new roof or roofing repairs, give my buddy Mark Tozzolo a phone call, all right? This also includes gutters, sun tubes, skylights, Kenya workmanship warranty, financing is available, discounts for the military and senior citizens, no subcontractors, you're talking straight to Mark Tozzolo, his number, by the way, 982-4052. License and insured. Don't get behind the eight ball here. Okay? You need a roof. And it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more down the road if you don't make those changes now. So whether it's roofing repairs or a brand new roof, residential or commercial, get to my buddy Mark Tozzolo. Your best bet is just to check him out online, Patriot Roofing, right here in Jacks, or call Mark, 98240. 52. All right, let me come back. Let's grab some reaction. Let's get after it a little bit. See, a lot of good stuff is rolling in. You can get me on Twitter and or X, Blue1010XL. You can also get us on the text line, which is 641-1010. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We got a ton to do. We do tonight till 8 o'clock right here on this Thursday. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
I want to congratulate uh, Charlie Trucks, the son of uh, Susan and Derek, graduating today from uh, Florida State. And I thought of that because I talked with Derek yesterday. Actually, we text, but uh, of course, in there where they put together everything, including their rehearsal and um, recording and what have you, they, they have the old Kinks soundboard which is kind of like a starship. You know, it reminds me of like, uh, what was it, Lost in Space? Or what was uh, Shatner in? Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. You know, like those big, huge boards. If you're watching right now on YouTube, it's three times the size of the studio that we have here as far as the four chairs and the tables. It is enormous, this soundboard. And I've also heard that to get its best quality, you got to turn the thing on like two days in advance and let it get warmed up. It's like, you know, if you have those old cars, you know, and you live in places like Cleveland or Chicago or Boston or Baltimore and it gets so freaking cold, you got to run outside, start the car, give it 15 minutes to warm up. You have to worry about that here in Duval. Apparently, their soundboard, two days worth. But uh, anyway, they're coming back. Uh, they'll be here in March. Uh, they're going to be over at the St. Aug Amphitheater, which is just a phenomenal venue for a show. I, we're so blessed here with venues. I mean, we are. The Florida Theater to me is, is legitimately a slice of heaven. It's beautiful. The Ponte Vedra Concert Hall, I think, is... Um, you know, I, I I think it's you can get really close to the artist, and that's that's kind of cool. You know, whether you go to stadium shows or or big concerts, whatever, it's really intimate when you have a. Yeah, I went to the Andy Summers thing on. I think it was what Friday night, maybe. Yeah, it was Friday night. Probably four hundred people in there, five hundred people in there. I I was really disappointed by it because I envisioned a police show. Right, I thought he'd have a young Sting out there and a young Stuart Copeland on drums and have young musicians, and they were going to bang the police for two and a half or so hours. They didn't. He was solo. They didn't sing at all. It was good, but it wasn't what I expected. But still, it's a fun venue. St. Aug is incredible. Daly's Place I like. Daly's Place can be hot. St. Aug can be hot. But I, I think the sound at the uh, St. Augustine Amphitheater is spectacular. So. I want to say they're playing the Saturday night of the players. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be crazy. Third round of the players, and then that night, Tedeschi Trucks uh, in St. Aug. Uh, that'll be here before you know it. You know, I mean, we got four weeks remaining in the regular season. It ends in, what, first weekend of January. Then you had the postseason, take it through the Super Bowl, which is like February 11th, and then, bam, you got like a month. And it's the Players' Championship. John Rahm to the live. I mean, interesting roster again. I really feel for these folks. You know, they they need better leadership. Jay Monahan uh, continues to hold the entire golf industry uh, as hostage. I don't care if he lives here. I don't care if he's a Bostonian. Do yourself a favor. Remove yourself as commissioner. 
from the PGA Tour. Um, there's enough of this. There's enough of bad leaders. We see it in the Atlantic Coast Conference with Jim Phillips. We see guys who flat out lie to you, like the czar in the NFL and Roger Goodell. He'll look at you and tell you that the CTE and the concussion rates have dropped, even though they added an extra game. And then a year later, when he's proven totally wrong, he ups the ante on doctors. All of a sudden, they have better testing. They're able to see things inside the brain that a year ago they weren't. Bald-faced lie. These are people of power. Lying. Money. 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 Golf. Football. The Atlantic Coast Conference. Liars. And what do you do as a commissioner? I tell you what you do. You slap a back and you kiss a baby. These guys don't tell the truth. I don't know. I'm going to sell the players. I love the players. I don't care who it is. (laughs) Apparently, we don't know who it is going to be either. I mean, you talk about... The old Burt Sugar line of, hey, he's not even a household name in his own home. Next up on the tee, you tell me. I mean, this event used to be so special. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rave about it. But part of loving athletics, part of getting into professional athletics is knowing who's playing, being able to identify these players. Now it's John Rahm? I thought John Rahm was clearly on the PGA Tour side. So, another mammoth miss. And I I like so many people over there. I do. But it all starts at the top. It all starts with leadership. And... Is he still MIA? Is is he back working, or is he still on a milk carton? Do we know? He definitely has come back since his sabbatical. Um, yeah, he came back during football and dropped the comment. Yeah, last I heard, he said something about, like, hey, we're still working on the deal with the Saudis, PIF. But, yeah, nothing. He's certainly still the commish. Poor decision. They could have been around this years ago. They, they could have found a way. They knew the rumors. Just like Jim Phillips. J- Jim Phillips full, you know, f- formed that silly alliance with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Those three commissioners shook hands, and like 72 hours later, the Big Ten started pillaging and poaching teams for the Pac-12. Right after those three gentlemen shook hands. We don't need a contract. It was a handshake agreement. And yet there's poaching going on right behind each other's back. Uh, Jim Phillips was also the guy who, for one reason or another, thought it was bad to have a 12-team college football playoff. He, he didn't want to put his signature on that. Years too long. We're concerned about them academically. Okay. Well, if he had endorsed it, as others would have, we would have a 12-team college football playoff this year. So, I don't know. How you get to become a commissioner is, uh, is incredible to me. But, man, there's a lot of really bad ones. There are. Gary Bettman, awful. Okay? Um, Rob Manford, 
he's allowing 68 of $70 million to be deferred. So if, is Frank McCourt still the owner of the, uh, of the Los Angeles Dodgers? So if he sells that franchise in 10 years and that franchise is worth $5 billion, whoever's buying that franchise has to take into consideration that you're going to owe Otani $680 million. You're going to allow them to pay $2 million out of $70 million a year now? What's holding them back from going out and getting another two, three, four megastars? And, and pay them a couple million a year and say, we'll defer this money 10 years down the road. They've already done it with Mookie. They've done it with Freddie Freeman. And now, this earth-shattering amount, they've done it with Otani. They don't have any leadership. You got a bad commissioner. So, you know, the owners are going to look at Roger Goodell and say, he's a great commissioner. I'll make him money. Okay. But he's not telling you the truth. A Super Bowl in Germany. A Super Bowl in London. Are you freaking kidding me? You're going to do that to the American people? You, you're that greedy? You need that much more money that you're going to take a Super Bowl over to Germany? There should be a holiday on Monday after the Super Bowl. Yeah, enough's enough's enough. We need better leaders in the sports that, that we love. And I, and I think there's a part of this that's hurting each and every sport. Football is far and away from everything else. But with the others, look at the NBA. I mean, for crying out loud, the L.A. just hung a banner? What the hell was that all about? <laughs> I mean, what happened there? This, this little self-made... Point different. I mean, what? In, in, in the NBA? I mean, what are they going to do next? Bring back like an ABA ball and, and throw that out for like five minutes. And if you make a three-pointer with the different colored basketball, it's worth four points? Is that, you know, just keep it simple and tell the truth. All right, we got much more to do. I, I need to get animated here. I have some comments on tonight's twosome. This is the finale for Al Michaels. And if you have not heard, Dr. Herbie is running a fever. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Christmas caroling with Frank Frangie. See, unlike commissioners, talk show hosts, we tell the truth. This is outstanding. Okay. Frank hits every note. Do you hear what I hear? Now, if you had to do it, what's your go-to Christmas song, hymn? Like, what are you busting out for the family? I can see me do a little bit of Seeger and the Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> Seeger's version, of course. Over at Arnold's, whenever I grab the mic for karaoke, I typically go Seeger. 
You know, like we've got tonight. All the divorcees are crazy. <laughs> he is a big. I, he's they're throwing. That, that's his demographic. You know, like Elvis and all the rock stars who used to throw undergarments and stuff at me. They throw like dentures <laughs> and stuff whenever I I, I do Seeger. But I, I don't know. I've never really given that much thought. Um. Hmm. Let me consider that. All right, we got to catch up here on breaks. We're too tight. Uh, actually, we're anything but tight. I've been long-winded today. I don't know what's up. Uh, but, you know, I read this column today, and it was like NBC did Al Michaels wrong. NBC should have been better when it comes to announcing that Al Michaels is now out for the playoffs. He'll call tonight's thriller with Dr. Herbie where you have a couple of backup quarterbacks. I mean, get excited for an Easton Stick, Aiden O'Connell matchup tonight. But I totally disagree with this. He was quoted in the New York Post, and I do quote, uh, it's in my deal. Are you hearing something I'm not hearing? Uh, end of quote. So again, here we are talking about fearless leaders, right? Commissioners. In this case, the head honcho, the executive, the main boss at NBC uh, didn't even tell Al Michaels. He had to hear it through a reporter with the New York Post. Again, bad leadership, bad business. But I don't feel bad. This is all on Al. He became the ultimate uh, complainer. He became the ultimate curmudgeon. And we've witnessed this transition year after year after year after year. Okay. He makes a million dollars a game. His total disservice to you, Jaguar fans, a year ago, when Jacksonville came from behind down 27-0 to knock off Los Angeles, was criminal. I, I, you, if you want some excitement, go back and listen to Frangie's call. Go back and listen to the Jaguars radio broadcast team, which I proudly used to be a part of. That's a great call. Al Michaels, it was obvious he had bet on the under, and it was obvious he had bet on Los Angeles. You you can't do that anymore. And he is so frustrated by the officiating. He is so frustrated by the reviews. He is so frustrated because whatever it may be, including not getting primetime games on Thursday. Can you imagine what he must be going through right now, realizing that he's only going to make a million dollars tonight, and he's got to call a game between Easton Stick and Aiden O'Connell? Um, I don't feel sorry for Al. I, I, For a period of time, I did. Because I grew up loving Al Michaels. I mean, Al Michaels used to do baseball. Everyone remembers the Buckner error. They forget they were down 3-1 against the Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, I think at the time they were the California Angels. Gene Mock, the skipper, they brought out the horses in L.A. And Dave Henderson, the late Dave Henderson, hit a big home run. Man, the late Don Baylor hit a home run. I can't believe we've lost these great players. 1986, and Boston came back and won it. And Donnie Moore, who gave up those home runs, ended up taking his life. Um, He was so bothered by it. But, again, we remember what we want to remember. We only only look back on the Buckner era and Mookie Wilson scoring. We we forget how boss Al Michaels called those games. He was sensational. Al Michaels called the miracle on ice. 
when I got into this business, I talk often about holding the clipboard for Lynn Swan, but Tom Block and I, if Monday Night Football was in New Orleans, Atlanta, or Tampa, Jacksonville didn't have a franchise at that point, we would drive and do the Monday Night Football games. And they used to put us in to measure whatever the cameras were before it was Al, Dan, and Frank. Dan Deardorff, Frank Grifford. I always call uh, I always called them Frank Grifford because Frank never pronounced anyone's name right, but that's another story. And then Al Michaels. Okay. Al was a good dude. Al was a friendly dude. Al was one of the best to ever do it. He's gone sideways. He sounds miserable. And I don't feel sorry for him. We're all forced out in every line of work. We're eventually forced out. I mean, they can force out Vern Lundquist. At least Vern was happy at the end. He made a lot of mistakes. They forced out Brent Musburger. Brent made a lot of Brent was happy. How can you not be happy doing play-by-play to an NFL game? You're making a million dollars a game. How can you not be happy? So I'm not sad. It's it's time for Al to go. It's, it's difficult that he he got the message the way that he did. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, this is 100% on him. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. All right, we're getting to our picks. JJ is off uh, tomorrow night, so we're going to make our picks right now. I want to remind you of something. Just got a good text from a buddy of mine, uh, Andrew. Andrew Range used to intern here. He lives in Tampa. He sent a funny one that's saying that the A's are offering Otani a uh, dollar a year for 700 million years. And I actually think it's pretty. <laughs> I actually think it's pretty funny. But he listens on Alexa. He listens on the stream. And my, you know, my dad does in Tampa as well. No matter where you are, we love our radio station. But no matter where you are, if you ask Alexa, 92.5 in Jacksonville, you're going to get us crystal clear. And we have picked up thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, of listeners who use that device. Uh, no matter if you're at home in the kitchen or in the garage, you don't have a radio handy or whatever, or you're anywhere else, you can always take us with you. So I, I just want you to understand that all right let's get to our picks man it was a disaster last weekend one of the worst we've ever had uh, i was three and seven jj was four and six just got clobbered i mean some of those games that came in like uh, both teams on monday night not playing defense late so season totals blue 86 and 54 jj 79 and 61. That is what we have. Couldn't go the college route. Yes, there's a bunch of ball games coming up on Saturday, but I didn't have a good feeling about any of these. So instead, we'll play 10 NFL games, including the three that will be played on Saturday. Let's begin. Minnesota at Cincinnati. I'm going to take the home team here. Give me the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going with the best quarterback in the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. Which way are you going? Colts. I am as well, although I don't feel good about this game. Either way, it feels like no matter which team I pick, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be wrong. But Denver at Detroit. Wow. 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 Denver's won 6-7. Detroit's let a couple of games get away. 
the last few weeks. I think they respond here. I'm going to take Detroit at home. I like Denver. I think Detroit's defense is done. They're terrible. Uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos. All right, there you go. J.J. taking Denver. Uh, you are up, J.J. Jets at the Dolphins. Uh, easy for me. Finns in a comeback. or a, uh, a comeback after last Monday's terrible loss. Yeah, giving up 13 points to a rookie quarterback the way that they did was was not good for Miami. An opportunity to be right there at 10-3 and three, along with Baltimore. I will take Miami as well. Houston at Tennessee, the same Titans who obviously have no quit in them, even though they moved some players, were rumored to trade others. And right now in Houston, uh, you don't know what's going on with C.J. Stroud, who's still under the concussion protocol. So I'm going to take Tennessee to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the sure quarterback, the one who I know is playing. I'm going to roll with the Titans. I just talked with Taylor Dahl. She will be in Cleveland, Ohio on Sunday for the Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns. What's the total on this game? Is it 30 or or something like that? It is your pick. I'm going to go with – I'm actually going to go with the road team. I'll go with the Bears in this one. 38.5 is the total. It's a little bit higher than I thought. Um, Cleveland favored by three at home. Yeah, okay, you're going to take the roadie. Boy, after what they did last week, I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland at home. Man, I've taken one, two, three, four. I've taken six home teams so far uh, this week. That changes with this next pick. Atlanta at Carolina. A lot of people think Carolina's going to pick up their second victory of the season. Uh, that Atlanta-Tampa game was interesting a week ago. I'm going to take the roadie here. Give me the Falcons. Yeah, same. I don't think Carolina wins another game the rest of the season. All right. How about Dallas at Buffalo? <sighs> I actually like the Bills to win. They're at home. I'm going with the Bills. Gosh, I'm going to do the same. And Don't feel confident about it. Well, I'm going weather. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I'm doing. Dome team. Okay. Uh, it's been eight or nine straight games that Dallas, in Jerry's world, has scored 30 points or more away they're normal. They're pedestrian. They're three and three away. So they're, a, you know, they're actually an underdog in this game now. Uh, minus two, some Buffalo money coming in. We're going to check in with Rafael Esparza here in just a couple of minutes. But uh, I'm with you here. I'm, I'm going to take Buffalo over Dallas as well. Uh, I believe I am up. Philadelphia goes to Seattle. Philly's played some tight games as of late. They've been on the losing end. I'm going to take the Eagles here on the road. Yeah, I like the Eagles big here. Minus three and a half. I like them to win and cover. All right. And finally, let's wrap it up with the Baltimore Ravens against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like the Jags. Nothing from the last two weeks uh, would tell you that the Jags are going to win, but to me, this is the NFL. Weird stuff happens. I like the Jags at home on a Sunday night. In made, the rain. When we made our picks before the start of the year, I had Cincinnati and Cleveland knocking off Jacksonville. I assumed it would be, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson right. and Joe Burrow. Same. The week of the games, when we made our picks, I picked Jacksonville over Cincinnati, and I lost. And I took Jacksonville over Cleveland, and I lost. I'm not doing it for a third consecutive week. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to knock off the Jaguars. And if I'm wrong, rip me for it. But uh, that's the pick. I am going to make uh, Ravens over the Jags. All right. We both like Tennessee at home against uh, Houston. Uh, We both like Miami at home over the Jets. We both like Cincinnati at home over Minnesota. Uh, The Saturday games, 
We both like Indy over Pitt. We both like Detroit. Actually, I like Detroit on Saturday. J.J. likes Denver, uh, the visiting team. J.J.'s going back to the visiting team with Chicago at Cleveland. I'll take the Browns. And we both like Atlanta and Carolina. We both like Buffalo to hold serve against Dallas. Buffalo, of course, at home. Uh, we both like Philly for Monday night football in Seattle. And another opposite pick here. I'm going to take the visitors in the Baltimore Ravens. J.J. is going to pick the hometown Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, season standings. Rick Ballou, 86 and 54. J.J., 79 and 61. All right, when we come back, let's head live to Las Vegas. Let's take a look at the money in some of these key games. I'll ask about this Dallas-Buffalo game. Interesting to see uh, what the Sharps are doing in a matchup like this. I I know that publicly speaking, Dallas is always a huge play. uh, But the cold weather and how much does that really come into effect? You know, I've had others, a Philly Rooster who would join me tomorrow, never looks at cold weather. He looks at wind. He thinks wind is far more important uh, than weather. I haven't looked ahead, but, man, it's been incredibly windy this week here in Duval. I I, got to believe that, you know, that's going to be a a factor on Sunday night, and I think that would have a a major play in what team is able to run the football the best, right? I mean, isn't that simple logic? Right now, the – Ravens are number one in the NFL when it comes to running the football. Uh, Jacksonville is fourth in the NFL in defending the run. So the flip side, Jacksonville's fallen to 24th in running the football. So that set of numbers certainly does not favor the Jags. But we'll get into that as well. We'll ask Rafael Esparza about that. He's coming up next. He joins the program live from Las Vegas. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Rafael Esparza, he's our man in Las Vegas. He joins us with my bookie, mybookie.org, and he goes into the night with Rick Bellew. Rafael, good to have you back. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm actually outside standing in the San Ann winds right now because I'm at a charity event right now. What, are you like in a tank where they can dunk you, like throw a softball and dunk Rafael Esparza? <laughs> No, I'm actually auctioning someone that can hang out with me on uh, one of the days on Super Bowl Media Week. They get to hang out with me on uh, press row all day. That'd be a lot of fun. You're going to show them some of the ins and outs when the Sharps come in with with big bags of cash and how the line changes in Vegas? No, I'm actually going to have a booth on Media Row. Uh, I would do prop bets all day long. If you have a prop bet idea, I would create it, and you actually get to see it get to uh, get live on action and you actually get to see the action come through you know i want to go and i'm not i'm coming a week later when you two's there for those two shows on that saturday and sunday but man that is going to be did, did they learn anything after the race there a few weeks ago or is this going to be totally different uh it's going to be totally different but I, the numbers have not come off through the race i mean i know the race formula one gave the uh, Las Vegas a billion dollars to make, but if you ask any local or casino worker, it was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, apparently not a lot of people spent money. The roads were um, just awful, and, and, and you know, I hate that. It, it's going to be interesting, though, with the Super Bowl coming there in a few weeks. How about tonight's game? Is, is it getting play just because 
it's the only NFL game on because I just can't see how attractive a couple of five and eight teams are with backup quarterbacks. Well, it's getting played just because a Vegas is here in Vegas and we're getting seeing action, but I think it's getting a lot of action because there's really no college basketball games, only a handful of NBA games, a small handful of NHL. So there's really nothing going on this way. I think that's why the action is coming in. If there was a full slate of college basketball and a full slate of NHL and maybe NBA, we might see something different. But since it's pretty much the only going thing on going on right now, it is getting a lot of action, a lot of Raider money coming, at least where I'm seeing because I'm sitting here in Vegas. But uh, Raider money is coming in. If you had a chance to prepare better now for players opting out of college football bowls, you know, I guess I, I hate to say it this way, but meaningless bowls. I, I look at Rutgers, Miami. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Miami was favored by nine and a half points. Now it's basically a pick em against Rutgers because of players who have announced that they're either transferring or, or entering the NFL. What's that whole process been like? I mean, we learned a lot last year. It's getting worse at the worst. But I like these bowl games because now we get to see quarterbacks, maybe the third-string quarterback, to display himself, maybe try to get a number one role next year for the team. And maybe he transfers transfers out two years from now. This is a it's for us as ad makers. This is educational more than ooh, how much action are we going to get? How much action we're going to get? I enjoy the bowl games. You get to see a lot of players and a lot of teams on ESPN and ABC, which you normally don't see. I'm excited for App State to play on TV, Miami of Ohio, uh, stuff, teams like that. For me, it's more educational for what I do for a living. Yeah, and every game's different, but. On the surface, doesn't it kind of make sense to lay off the blue blood, play the underdog? I mean, play Rutgers, play Louisville over USC. We know Caleb Williams isn't playing. Play West Virginia over North Carolina. Can you make a case for that? And I understand in your position, you analyze every game, but you know, just in general, uh, speaking about it. Last year was dog and under, dog and under. So if that's going to be the trend for this year, then maybe look at that. But yeah, favorites were not cashing in. Uh, a lot. Of, of course, you're going to have the teams that probably will hit the over, you know, like Oregon or Appalachian State, who runs the who who puts up a lot of points. But dog and under, dog and under is what what we do not want for bowl games. Yeah, Rafael Esparza with my bookie, mybookie.org. All right, Rafael, let's wrap it up with these two games: cold weather in Buffalo, Dallas visiting uh, the Buffalo Bills. Where's the money gone on this game? It's coming in on Buffalo, which I'm kind of shocked because Dallas is one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Why would you fade a hot team if you've been betting with them because they've been winning and covering teams? I'm still not 110% sold on Buffalo, but this game is going to be outside. How Dallas' offense going to be outside? I lean toward Dallas. Just want to wait to see what the number moves to on Sunday to see what the public is betting. I'm leaning towards Dallas, but it wouldn't shock me if Buffalo wins because the AFC now is completely a mess and it's wide open. All right, let's wrap it up with the game here on Sunday night. The Baltimore Ravens visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. How have things been at the window? It's been all Baltimore, and I'm going to continue to say that. Please, Baltimore, keep on going at the window and bet them. They're 10-3, and three, the best team in the AFC. I'm hoping more Baltimore money comes in because give me the plus points of Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville in this spot. I think they let a game get away with them. I like Jacksonville's defense at home. I'm not 100% sold on Baltimore. So please, betters, continue to bet Baltimore because I love me the plus home underdog. All right, so uh, the the public all over Baltimore, has there been any wise guy money yet? Not yet, but I think the wise guy action is waiting 
for more Baltimore money coming in. Baltimore money is going to come in all week and all weekend long. I think the Wise guys are just going to wait to see how high this number moves before they jump on Jacksonville. All right, Raphael, tell us about uh, you can bet uh, you can bet that dot com, and uh, again, an opportunity for some of our listeners here in Jacksonville to spend a day with Raphael Esparza on Radio Row. Yeah, you can spend a day with me. Uh, we'll have some exact uh, outcomes for who's going to play in the national championship odds coming out tonight. We got a big UFC card coming out this weekend. You got college hoops. College bowl game starts on Saturday. NFL on Saturday, three games. I can't believe there's three games on Saturday. But it's just a busy time over here at my bookie because we have a whole bunch of sports going on. And I can't believe baseball's around the corner. Yeah, man, I'm actually ready for that. Yeah, golf, baseball, uh, it'll be here before you know it. All right, Raphael, as always, uh, thank you. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. There he goes, Raphael Esparza, giving us the very latest. Everything so far Coming in on Baltimore over Jacksonville. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. You know, Ken Brady, who works here, I pulled in the other day in my uh, beautiful um, Sierra from Key. He's like, did you get a new truck? I'm like, no, I've had this for six years. He's like, well, you must have washed it or something. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And... Uh, it tests Father Time. It holds up. It's it's wonderful. Um, and they got a lot full of them right now. 23s, 24s, okay? If you love GMC Sierra trucks, uh, just visit Key as well, the GF with her Buick Enclave, okay? Uh, right there from Key. So across the street from Tinseltown, Southside and Gate. Uh, make sure you check them out. Tomorrow or over the weekend, no question about it. You know, I I will say this as we get ready to say goodbye to this uh, Thursday program. Uh, to me, the best bit of news is this is a very wounded Jacksonville Jaguar team. If you look at the fact that 13 players are on the injury report. However, there is improvement, okay, and... Maybe Monday, uh, even into Tuesday, I had serious reservations about a lot of these players. I, I do think now, after consecutive days of limited play with the hamstring, there's a really good chance that Walker Little plays on Sunday night. I think Trey Herndon, who has been out because of being in the concussion protocol, he's been limited both days. I, I, I think getting the veteran back in at nickel, uh, can only help. And uh, again, when we talk with Dave Campbell about this, it's going to be fascinating to get his understanding as to what he believes Jacksonville's going to do as far as uh, three linebacker looks or three safety looks, uh, taking on a team that clearly wants to run the football first and then uh, pass it second. Andre Cisco, a DMP yesterday, limited today. And Tyson Campbell, a DMP yesterday. Limited today. Finally, Jamal Agnew, he's part of that 21-day um, recovery period where Jacksonville is going to have to make a decision. I, I think there's a chance there as well. So those five guys, I mean, all five could be back. It could end up being two or three of the five. But this is encouraging. This is better news health-wise for the Jaguars than it definitely did look after the game on Sunday and into Monday and Tuesday. 
Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. You've had some great nights here, but an Easton Stick, Aiden O'Connell Thursday night, West Coast football is what it's all about. Well, you know what it's all about tonight. It's the fantasy football playoffs, all right? And in the 10-10XL League, I have Devontae Adams going tonight. I've been going back and forth because he has Aiden O'Connell, but fantasy football, Rick, is going to get me through tonight's uh, ball game. No so you haven't finalized the roster yet? Well, I mean, I got, what do I have, 10 minutes. I think I'm going. I mean, <laughs> Just I, like I, I the draft. I have been going back and forth. I mean, it's either Devontae Adams or T. Higgins, but what I don't like is T. Higgins is clearly not the best option in Cincy with a backup quarterback. Browning is, is likely to come back down to earth at some point, so I'm debating, but I think I am going to stick Devontae in there tonight. Uh, Devontae Adams, 867 receiving yards so far this year. We have 11 wide receivers who have gone north of 1,000 and only one running back who has gone north of 1,000. I mean, the bottom line is you think of the great comebacks in sports history. I think my fantasy football 10-10 XL comeback this year should be mentioned. I started 2-6. and six. I am now 8-6. and six. Wow. Winners of six in a row. So to say I have a little momentum coming into round one of the playoffs tonight would be an understatement. All right. Well, best of luck to you. Uh, enjoy that game. Um, I know you're taping it because I know you want to hear what Al has to say. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Herbie. What do you make of Al being left off the playoff coverage for NBC? I, uh, I think it's his own fault. He was yeah. terrible last year in the Jaguar Charger he game. He was absolutely brutal. And I spent about five minutes on this a little bit earlier. I mean – there was zero excitement, and I hate this because I love this man for, for forever for for some historic calls, the earthquake, the uh, you know, the, do you believe in miracles? And, and and growing up, you know, in '86 when Boston came from behind and won three one against the then California Angels, and he was calling those guys. Out. But he just seems like he doesn't enjoy himself anymore why do it if you don't enjoy yourself I mean with all due respect to Tarico, the three and Tarico will be here Sunday night I mean the three guys right now are Nance Michaels and Buck yeah and I, I think back to Nance on Thanksgiving with the pick six for Bland that was an incredible call NFL history was made if Al Michaels would have been making that call it probably would have been a snooze Who fest. made that call? Was that Tariko? That was, that was Nance. Oh, it was Nance. Yeah, it was okay. Nance. He, and he's the best. Uh, he is, but Tariko's so good as well. Yeah, Tariko. And Joe Buck is still at the top of yeah. his game. And, and they got a 27-year-old replacing him. I think it's I, I think it's Noah. Uh, Noah Eagle. Ian Eagle's son, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Noah Eagle. Yeah, who sounds, 27 years of age. Have you ever listened to him? No. Sounds just like his dad. Yeah. Well, you then can that's definitely tell. All right, what else is coming up tonight? Yeah, we got Leon Searcy coming up, Rick. Obviously, you hear him every day on primetime. We get him weekly on Hacker After Dark. The preview, Baltimore. One of my uh, favorite guys to talk NFL with this year has been Jared Bailey of the USA Today. He's a guy that doesn't sugarcoat a whole lot. We're going to have him on. And a guy you know very well, our friend Mike Huguenin, is going to talk a little college ball with us in the 9 o'clock hour. All right, sounds good. Enjoy it. That is Hacker. He's coming up right now. JJ, have a good off day tomorrow. I'll see you on Monday. Yep, see you on Monday. Uh, JJ off on the program uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be here, 6 to 8. Dave Campbell's going to join us. The Philly Rooster live from Las Vegas is going to join us. Perhaps another surprise as well. Uh, we shall see, but uh, get you cranked up for the weekend, Friday, 6 to 8. Keep it right here. Hackers coming up next. Thank you to Anton Harrison, the Jaguars' first-round draft pick, and... 
Rafael Esparza. Again, I don't check the text line out. The show is over. You want to get to me, Blue1010XL on Twitter. Have a great night, everyone. We'll talk tomorrow at 6.